Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, friends and family? This podcast is episode 66 of season 2 and is coming to you on March the 2nd, 2022. Today is the first time I am doing a podcast solo. I'm recording this in advance um, because we're not sure when the baby's going to be coming. Hopefully at this point, by the time you're listening to this, baby K has arrived. But as uh, Bobby's making preparations, getting the house ready, I'm working in advance to make sure the podcast still goes out. So would you join me in Genesis 11? This is a story that is in most children's Bibles, often known as the Tower of Babel. Just some context as to what's happened. We've had the creation, we've had the fall, you've had Cain and Abel, you've had Lamech, you've had the story of Noah, and now we're catching up here, and in chapter 10 it talked about Noah's genealogy and how his three sons have now produced a number of nations. So when you read it, it talks about how there were 70 nations. 70 is a literary tool to mean all or everyone. So when you come to the Tower of Babel and it talks about the 70 nations or all the nations have come, essentially what it's saying is all the people of earth are here. But you just need to flip back to Genesis 10 and read through the family lineage of Noah. And you can see um, where and how his sons have reproduced. So what, what happens in this story, like I said, it's in most children's Bibles, is the Tower of Babel is another picture of people trying to live their life without the Lord. And it's going downhill. If you'd flip with me back to Genesis 10, I want to look at a couple of verses with you as there's a number of interesting things going on in odd names, at least for us. Uh, Genesis 10 verses 8 through 12, it says, Cush was the father of Nimrod. What a name, Nimrod. Name your kid that or don't. Nimrod, who became a mighty warrior on the earth, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And that's why it was said, Like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord, the first center of his kingdoms were Babylon, Uruk, Akkad, Kalana, and Shinar. From that land he went to Assyria, where he built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ur, Kala, and Rezin, which is in between Nineveh and Kala, which is the great city. From there it keeps going and listing the cities and the places that have been populated by Noah's offspring. So when it comes to Genesis 11, a lot of theologians and scholars say uh, Genesis 11 actually happened before Genesis 10. It's put here just to help us make sense of what's going to come in Genesis 12 when we get to uh, Abraham. So when you're looking at the descendants, one of the descendants brought up is old Nimrod, who's identified as a Gibberim, the descendant of the Nephilim, who founded Babel. Again, the Nephilim from a few chapters ago, uh, talk about the, these spiritual sons of God, whether they are um, demonic you know, spirits that have interacted with the earth and impregnated women, or they're human beings who were possessed and did this, or they're the offspring of Cain. Um, those are the primary three options there. But Babel is founded by this group of people, this group of people. And so the Tower of Babel, this story, specifically Genesis 11, Verses 1 through 9 is the like well, the first time that humanity has structurally and organizationally set itself up against God. 
So again, all throughout this story so far, you have individuals whose hearts have turned from God. But at this point, you have humanity collectively coming together saying, we are going against the Lord. Let us make bricks. Let's build ourselves so that we can be like God to them. And so this is going to be very problematic. What's interesting is Babel is the birth of Babylon. Now, Babylon comes up later on in the Bible, but the idea of the entity of Babylon has been um, seen through a number of different nations that have reigned and ruled throughout the Old Testament. So you have Babel, but then later on we have Egypt that is established, and Egypt sets itself against God. And then from Egypt you have Assyria, and we read about them throughout Genesis, Exodus, and continuing. You have Babylon, and then you have Persia, and then you have Macedonia, and that's where you start to get into the times of like Alexander the Great and Rome. All of these empires set themselves up against God and thought they could run and rule earth better than God could. So this is really problematic, again, when you look at how does this go when people think they can take it, they can run with it, they don't need the Lord. It doesn't go well. So it's a story that's most popularly known as the story that sets languages in place. God looks at them, confusion, people have different languages so they can't communicate well, and then they're spread out throughout the land and the world. So I'm going to read with you Genesis 11, verses 1 through 9, and we're going to just unpack it a little bit more here, okay? It says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. And then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. And from the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. You see, what we read here again is humanity wrongfully uniting. Because is God a God of unity? You bet he is. He is a God of unity and wants us to be together. He is a God of diversity and creativity. But what you have here is people coming together uh, motivated by greed and envy, rejecting God's authority, and trying to make progress in this world without God. So I think you and I could both agree that progress without God is not progress. There's not much new under the sun. So as God works in and through this story, God is going to be working to, in fact, redeem his people, have someone come from the line of Adam to crush the serpent's head, and it's through a faithful line of people that we get to Jesus Christ. And so again, in the midst of humanity's Um, division, sin, you still have God's faithfulness. Because if you turn to the end of today's reading, Genesis 11, pick it up at verse 27. This is where Abram, later known as Abraham, enters the story. Verse 27 begins, this is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. 
and Haran became the father of Lot. And while his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, and the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. When they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. So what's interesting, my friends, is when you look at this, this is when the story of God's faithfulness, his covenant promises start to become a little more specific. What we know about where Abram comes from is that Abram was an aristocratic. He was at the head of his family. He was incredibly wealthy. He had an established life. He came from a culture that worshipped many gods. That would be polytheistic. There's also fertility cults all throughout this area, meaning Abram was probably doing all kind of heinous sex acts because that's simply what his people did. So I want you to pay attention now as you jump into Genesis 12 tomorrow. When we think of Abram or Abraham, we think about this man being in the hall of faith. He is a faithful man. He is obedient. He is godly. He is good. When was it that God came and met Abram and called him to follow him? Was it when he was on his best behavior in Sunday church in his finest clothes? No. It's when he was worshiping many gods, probably doing sexually heinous things with the people around him, um, focused on whatever it was his family was focused on at that time. It's there that God meets him. And it's there that God's going to invite him and say, turn and follow me. Because God's plan again is to redeem all of creation through a line of people, specifically through one person, that being Jesus Christ. And this is where we get the first intro to Father Abraham, who had many sons. And so when you look back at this, we have to continue to learn from our past mistakes. It's never good to seek progress without God. It's never good to reject God's authority. So as you and I are reading the Word and listening to this podcast today, just know that God is good. He's got a faithful plan. And even when we mess up, but we repent, we turn to Him, God allows us to be blessed and He invites us back into His way. So I celebrate that God does not come in to meet us when we're on our best behavior, when we got it all together. Because <laughs> if you're like me, that rarely happens. And here He comes to Terah, Abram, Lot, Sarai and the whole crew and is essentially going to say, you're going to change the world. I'm going to change the world through you and through your family. I celebrate God's grace and God's mercy because he didn't have to do that. And yet we turn to Genesis 12 tomorrow and you're going to read about the promise God is going to make Abram. And I want you to pay attention to all the I wills God says. It's very little Abram does. He doesn't have to be perfect, but God's asking him to be faithful and obedient. The invitation is the same for you and I. So let's not seek progress and advancement of life without God, because that does us no good. Let's submit to God's authority and His Word, and we'll keep plugging our way through Genesis, through the ups and downs, the exciting passages, and even the confusing ones. So God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. And again, stay tuned. Uh, hopefully we have news of Baby K for you shortly. God bless you. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.